Hey, this is 92 Elm, and you're listening to WKDU Philadelphia 91.7 FM. Welcome to Genre Therapy, the safe space for all musicians to navigate the stories behind their songs and shine a light on parts of their music we might have missed. In this episode, Philadelphia music producer and audio engineer 92 Elm takes us to the stars. Beneath all the layers of his song Moon, featuring Acacia, is an earnest attempt to stay in touch with himself despite the pressures of the music industry. I did like a self audit a while back and realized like I'm gonna make better music if I can. I clearly identify like what my root influences are, like what's that like subliminal stuff that I just find myself that's just sort of like in there. And um, my first piece of music I ever had was the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And I'm like, that's just part of my musical DNA. And people, you know, laugh when I say that, but that's that's like that, like Britney Spears. And then a lot moving forward after that, you know, like a lot of the, um, yeah, a lot of the like rock and alt rock and stuff from like the mid 2000s. That's all like kind of just baked in my head. So I want to figure out ways to take what I things that I love about that music and then put it into what I'm making now. Um, I'm not. I didn't fully get there exactly with this, but I guess I could have shouted out your name, but even if it was you, I don't know what I would say. We could sit and reminisce about the old school, maybe share a cigarette because we both fools. Chop it up and compare perspectives, life, love, stress, and setbacks. Yes, you could tell me how hard you. I was really big into atmosphere. I don't know if you know them, but they're uh, an indie rap group out of Minnesota. Um, they had the song called Yesterday, and that was like a really influential song to me because the whole song is basically from the point of view of the the protagonist and he's talking about what you think is sort of a failed relationship or a relationship that ended or whatever and at the very end he sort of twists it and it and makes it clear that the song is about his dad and it when i heard that i was like whoa that's so crazy that you can hold someone's attention that way with this story and then flip it on its head at the very end and deliver this like surprise Right around that time, I, I mentioned where I found all my brother's rap CDs. I started like imitating that. Like I started rapping and basically just writing, like you know, couplets or little bars that rhymed with each other to instrumentals on YouTube. And uh, did that for a while until I basically was like, it would be cool. I kind of had sounds in my head that I wanted to hear in the beats, and I was like, it'd be cool if I made my own beats and also like they're expensive. I don't want to like buy beats every time I want to make a song. So let me figure out how to make beats. So I kind of did it that way out of like, this is a thing I should know how to do. And then once I started like realizing like there were patterns, like, okay, like, you know, a verse is like eight measures or whatever, eight bars. And there's a kick and there's a snare and those make up the drums and like just just kind of putting all that together because um, at that time there wasn't really YouTube tutorials on music production like this was 2010 like there were maybe maybe a couple but not really like a wealth of knowledge on the internet of how to do that so I kind of was just like flailing around in the dark for a couple of years uh, 
But once I went to college, um, I met a ton of people at Drexel's music industry program that really like caught me up to speed on a lot of that stuff um, and showed me different styles of music. thing that sticks out to me in this moment is um, something that people latch onto a lot is like the music theory and that's something that like is not an important part of your process. <laughs> Most of the time it's not you know this song was made it's funny that it's it's changed a little bit like the demo of this song was made in the winter or maybe this the fall of 2018. So the song didn't actually get completed and released until early 2019. And then since then, I've really like incorporated more music theory. Um, I've spent more time this year like learning keys more than I have in the past, like actually understanding, you know, what I'm doing to a better degree. And uh yeah, I mean I did I did write some of the some of the parts. I mean like I have these keys. The keys in the in the second verse, they're are are all ones that I wrote. Like they're pretty basic sort of like seventh or extended chords. Nothing too crazy. Um Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think you're probably right. I don't place like, you know, a crazy heavy emphasis on music theory. Um I just kind of like try stuff out until it sounds good. And then I was like, let me just, I'm going to go eat dinner. Let me just like spend 20 minutes on making like a, you know, a bullshit beat here. And uh, of course, that's always when, you know, good ideas come out. So yeah, I made, I made the, the, just the sketch for that, like a little loop. And then, um, and then I listened to it after dinner and I was like, oh, wow, I really like this. I just like the vibe and sort of the atmosphere um, that's here already. I feel like this could be something. Uh but it wasn't, you know, it basically went through a couple different iterations and it didn't really realize into a song until like a year later, a year and a half later. So it kind of sat for a while. What's what's funny about this song, and it's this is almost like, uh, you know, blasphemy in electronic music production, but a, a lot of this song is loop-based and loops that I didn't make. They were either splice loops or loops from other packs. Um, that I had collected over time. And I think that when I was saying earlier that like hip hop is at the root of a lot of the way I approach production, um, even though I don't use loops super heavily, I'm very comfortable using loops and slicing up loops and rearranging them in a way that a hip hop producer would, where there's not this like added ego or added pressure to be like, I made everything from scratch and I synthesized everything. And it's not really the point. The point is to like take something that's already beautiful and then just put it in like a new context uh, and make it work with the other elements of the song that you're writing. So it kind of started, I believe, with a piano loop. So I didn't even pitch that. Or anything. All I did was speed it up, and I like you know EQ'd it slightly, and then used some filters throughout the song. But I basically just took that loop straight, and I 
never really do that. And part of me was like, is this okay to do? And then I was like, yeah, what there's it sound it sounds good and it fits the context of what I'm doing, so I don't really need to overthink it and I don't really need to prove to anybody that like you know, I don't need to prove anything to anyone basically. So I just liked how it sounded. And then I wrote a little melody on top of it. that melody actually ended up becoming the hook of the song. Um, I don't know if you can recognize that, but uh, yeah, so that was always kind of like, that was mixed pretty low in the background. And then eventually when I was working with Amy, um, Acacia on the, on the song, we kind of followed the shape of that melody for writing the hook. Um, so the, the core idea was like there, I guess, pretty clearly from the beginning, um, just maybe a little more subtle. Now watch the stars fall Stars fall away I hear the moon call Moon call my name Yeah, um, she's super cool. I, I, I kind of forget how I came across her I think she was just like popping up left and right uh, as a featured artist on a lot of SoundCloud people's tracks. And I, I really liked the texture of her voice. Um, she She's like, I think that's like one of the main like features of her as a singer is like she just has a really nice timbre and a really nice texture. So uh, this song, like the beat at least before it was a full song felt very soft or like very delicate um, to me, and I kind of wanted a voice that matched that. So um, I reached out to her, and she was she was down to hop on this one. So it came together pretty quickly. Like we went through a couple different versions. Uh, she had written the first verse, and then sent me like a hook idea, and then we basically went back and I said, "Hey, maybe let's try to make the hook like follow that piano melody that I mentioned before." And so she. Um, she did that. So we so we wrote it together. Um, we wrote the lyrics and we wrote the you know the hook together. Um, and she she basically wrote the verses. So. Yeah, it was pretty easy working with her. People don't usually realize that I have my vocals uh, doing like harmonies and backups in, in there. Um, but I think all the different layers with Amy's vocals worked out pretty well. And then some of the ad libs I did like use uh, heavy parallel saturation or distortion. So you can kind of hear the crunchiness on that moon call I name. I was still pretty new to on to working with vocals um, at this at this point, so uh, you know it was kind of uh, an experiment. Mm. 
there was there's these subtle kind of uh, woodwinds and flutes throughout the song, and I kind of took them from different sources. You can see there's a bunch of different chops from like sample packs and stuff, but there was one that I found that I believe was from a YouTube video uh, where I was just listening to a guy play play this instrument and uh, that little chop right there I thought was so cool um, and I knew I wanted something subtle to like differentiate the second hook from the first hook because that's not in there. Uh, with you know, it's, it's not super loud, but you can definitely hear it because it's kind of... Uh, somewhat of like filling the negative space between her vocal phrases. And I don't usually use like f flutes or I guess a chapati flute. <laughs> uh, that's not a common instrument for me to use in, in uh, my music. So I, I think that's something I'm proud of. I think that there were some tracks early on when I started posting on SoundCloud more often um, that were like heavier bass tunes. Uh, if you go back far enough, you can you can find a couple of them. And it's not, I don't even know if it was like inauthentic necessarily because I did and still really appreciate a lot of, a lot of bass music. Um, and I did, you know, like a lot of that at the time, but something about it never really, it felt a little more manufactured or it felt a little more like I was making something to try to fit a format or a mold and it didn't really stack up or it didn't really line up with the way that I operate as a person in my real life. <laughs> um, I think it's real. I think the best bass music and the best bangers I hear are from people who that really matches up with the person they are when you meet them. You know what I mean? So, um, not that not necessarily that they're crazy party animals or whatever it is, but like, I, th I think you you get what I'm saying. It's just when the personality and the music match, it makes sense. But um, I felt like there was a mismatch at least on on my end. So that's why I've kind of veered away from you know writing heavier stuff. As part of just getting older, hopefully uh, maturing and kind of growing into yourself more as a human, you become more honest with your tendencies, your habits, your interests, all those things that kind of make up who you are. And, you know, uh, it's just really important to me to to put that into, you know, what I'm dedicating my life to, which is music. Um, you know, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not really sure what the point is. Uh, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm never realizing that fully. Like, I feel like there's, you know, always this, a little bit of a barrier or a little bit of a, like I didn't fully represent myself on this piece of music or this song or whatever it is. And I'm always trying to get closer and closer to that. Uh, but that is who I am. You know, I think I've realized that too. As a person, you know, when I was younger, um, I would get the feedback that I'm, I was very serious. I'm a very serious person or that, uh, 
you know, whatever, whatever it is. And I think I've just realized, like, I'm a pretty emotional person and pretty sensitive person. And that's good. And that's a, that's a good thing. I think that that's something that I've come to be proud of. And uh, so I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to let that kind of flow through into the music. That's something maybe I used to be like a little ashamed of, or I felt like there was, it wasn't cool. It's not cool, you know, necessarily to be uh, to be sensitive or be emotional, uh, especially you know as a guy. Yeah, I mean, you you seem to be like extremely comfortable with your music making style, which I'm not quite sure many artists can also claim. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it seems that way. I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I, I, I definitely. I'm insecure about it a lot of the time. Um, I think there's the natural sort of comparison game everyone plays with social media and just sort of looking at how other people are doing things or how other people are approaching music making or their their careers. So, you know, I, I'm nervous about that with this upcoming EP of like some of the songs on there are are not electronic music. They're, you know, R&B or down tempo or more texture based um, and a lot of it, it but a lot of the songwriting on it is very straightforward you know pop R&B and I worry you know will people even like this or will all the all the producers in my circle be like this sucks you know so I definitely think about that but at the end of the day I'm like that really can't be the deciding factor um, on whether I make something or whether I release something it just you know do I want to hear it if I do uh, then I'm going to make it and, and put it out. And now here's Moon featuring Acacia in its entirety.
Moon was performed by Acacia and 92 Elm, written by Amy Sianko and Joe Haderly, and produced by 92 Elm. Genre Therapy is hosted and produced by Ben Shannerman for WKDU Philadelphia 91.7 FM, a non-commercial, student-run, free-format radio station. To listen to more original shows, you can stream on our website, wkdu.org, and Philadelphia listeners can tune in at 91.7 FM. To support local non-commercial radio, consider making a donation on our website, wkdu.org donate. An archive of previous Genre Therapy episodes is available on genretherapy.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>